Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. The show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. With your host, Linnea Hubbard. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm Linnea Hubbard and today is Monday, May 8th, 2023. It's been 3,358 days since Russia occupied Crimea on February 27, 2014, and 439 days since the large-scale invasion of Ukraine began. Today's podcast looks at what happened yesterday in the Russia-Ukraine war. The Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from direct contacts in Ukraine and their proxies, Russian Ministry of Defense reports, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine reports, Operational Commands North, South, and East of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geolocation experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mill bloggers and social media accounts with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission, to report the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with our assessment of the current status of the war. First, our assessment that private military company or PMC Wagner Group will go forward with its announced withdrawal from Bakhmut on May 10th was accurate with the information that was available. Second, PMC Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin appears to have successfully manipulated the Kremlin into providing ammunition and re-establishing direct communications with the Russian general staff. Third, we are uncertain if Ukrainian forces will continue their retrograde operation in Bakhmut, if PMC Wagner will receive ammunition as promised, and if Chechen Ahmat will deploy to Bakhmut as reinforcements. Fourth, the political theater caused by PMC Wagner has created a personnel crisis for the Russian Federation Armed Forces, rendering their deployed forces in the Ukrainian theater of war combat destroyed due to logistical issues and insufficient reserves. Fifth, Ukraine has seized the battlefield initiative in all operational areas. Sixth, in preparation for larger offensive operations, Ukrainian forces have increased shaping operations on multiple axes, creating panic and uncertainty among Gauleiters, Russian administrators, and military leaders. Seventh, long-range weather models have degraded but remain favorable for larger offensive operations using armor and mobility after May 11th. And finally, we maintain there is an extremely high risk of a retaliatory missile attack on Ukraine on or before May 9th. Let's get some regional updates, and since it's a Monday, check in with both belligerents' objectives, starting with Kharkiv. The Russian objective is to prepare for the Ukrainian offensive, hold current defensive lines, and terrorize Ukrainian civilians near the line of conflict. The Ukrainian objective is to liberate the northeastern corner of the oblast, 
hold defensive lines in the Dvorichna and Kupiansk operational areas, and protect civilians and civilian infrastructure. In Vovchansk, the monument of the DOSAAF Aviation Center, which featured an Aero L-29 Delphine trainer airplane, was destroyed by a Russian artillery strike. In the Dvorichna operational area, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, and the Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, reported continued fighting near Sinkivka. In the Kupiansk operational area, the Russian MOD reported that Ukrainian reconnaissance, observation, and sabotage units, or DRG, were operating in the area of Kislivka. Moving on to the Donbass region in Luhansk. The Russian objective is to prepare for the Ukrainian offensive, prevent further Ukrainian advances, and control insurgent activity. The Ukrainian objective is to break Russian defensive lines, advance on Svatova, Kremina, and Lusychansk, and support insurgents. Luhansk Oblast administrative and military governor Artem Lysychor reported that Russian forces carried out 103 fire missions across Luhansk on civilian and military targets. In the Svatova operational area, the Russian MOD reported that Ukrainian DRG units were probing Russian defenses in the area of Stelmachivka. In the Lysychansk operational area, Governor Lysychor reported that Russian forces were very actively, quote, storming near Bilohorivka in Luhansk, with Ukrainian forces holding their defensive lines. In northeast Donetsk, the Russian objective is to capture Bakhmut, set conditions to attack Kramatorsk, Slovyansk, and Siversk, and capture the entire region. The Ukrainian objective is to defend Siversk and Bakhmut, push into the Luhansk Oblast, and minimize civilian casualties. In the Siversk operational area, the GSAFU reported a Russian attack near Spirna for the fourth day in a row, which, once again, failed. In the Bakhmut operational area, PMC Wagner leader Prigozhin is now claiming he is not withdrawing his mercenaries from Bakhmut. Fighting has reportedly increased with no change in the situation. Russian forces, it is unclear if it's PMC Wagner or Russian troops, attempted to advance on Minkivka and Bohdanivka, suffered losses, and returned to their defensive positions. Russian attacks on Khomova failed. In northern Bakhmut, PMC Wagner made marginal gains on liberators of Donbass Street from Tobuchina, Levchenko, and Peremohi Streets, pushing south of Hospital No. 2. There were no observed changes in west-central Bakhmut where fighting continued. There were also no changes in western Bakhmut. NASA Fire Information for Resource Management Systems, or FIRMS, indicates that Russian and Ukrainian forces are engaged in an intense artillery battle, with Russian positions in the center of Bakhmut along the Bakhmutovka River being shelled, and the Ukrainian T-506 and T-504 highway ground lines of communication, called GLOCs, those are supply lines, being targeted by Russian forces. Both GLOCs remain open, but difficult to use. Colonel General Ramzan Kadyrov publicly chastised Prigozhin in a video Telling the leader of Wagner Group that Ahmad forces were coming, he is not to abandon his positions, this was already decided, and, quote, someone will talk to you about it. Kadyrov submitted an official request to Russian President Vladimir Putin for orders to deploy the 14th Regiment to Bakhmut. 
PMC Wagner-aligned and unaffiliated journalist Alexander Simonov said that reports of Chechen Akhmat fighters already in Bakhmut or on the flanks were untrue, and that PMC Wagner has not been reinforced by Russian forces or Akhmat. The Russian MOD reported they completed 64 fire missions, and Russian Army Aviation and the Air Force, or VKS, completed four close air support sorties. This is less activity than the previous 48 hours. Prigozhin's announcement that PMC Wagner will get whatever it needs from the Russian MOD was met with a range of reactions from skepticism to outrage in the Russian millblogger space, with reports of ammunition shortages being endemic for Russian forces and not a problem unique to PMC Wagner. The commander of the Eastern Group Forces of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, Colonel General Oleksandr Sirsky, visited positions in Bakhmut for an in-person briefing with his commanders. We estimate that Ukrainian forces maintain control of 2.7 square kilometers of Bakhmut, that's a little over a square mile, or roughly 6.5% of the city, which is 41.6 square kilometers in total. A Russian attempt to advance in the direction of Ivanivske was unsuccessful, as was Russian forces' attempt to advance in the direction of Chasivyar from the Siversky Donetsk Donbass Canal. In the Kostyantinivka operational direction, Russian forces attempted to advance in the directions of Stupochki and Predtechne from the Siversky Donetsk Donbass Canal, but could not establish new positions past their toeholds on the West Bank. In southwest Donetsk, the Russian objective is to prepare for the Ukrainian offensive, consolidate gains made during the winter offensive, and set conditions for September 2023 elections. The Ukrainian objective is to lock Russian military assets in place, defend the existing line of conflict while finding and exploiting weaknesses, destroy troop concentrations and command and control sites, interdict supplies, and disrupt logistics. In the Toretsk, New York operational area, a Russian attack on New York from the direction of Novoselivka failed. In the Avdeevka operational area, Ukrainian source Deep State reported renewed fighting for control of Novobakhmutivka and ongoing fighting in Krasnohorivka. We don't have adequate information to update the map in Krasnohorivka, but in our assessment, the area of Russian control is likely overstated. The GSAFU and Russian mercenary millblogger War Gonzo reported continued fighting for Avdiivka with a failed Russian attack from the direction of Vesele. Russian forces continued their attempts to recapture lost positions in eastern Pervomaiske without success. In the Marinka operational area, fighting for the remains of the city of Marinka continued with no change in the situation. Moving on to Zaporizhia. The Russian objective is to prepare for a Ukrainian offensive and terrorize Ukrainian civilians with continued attacks. The Ukrainian objective is to liberate Russian-occupied areas, prevent further Russian advances, exploit weaknesses on the line of conflict, and protect civilians. Russian forces carried out 89 fire missions, two airstrikes, and one drone attack along the line of conflict in Zaporizhia. In the Velika Novosilka operational area, the Russian MOD reported that Ukrainian forces tested Russian defenses near Levadne, which is located on the Zaporizhia-Donetsk administrative border. In occupied Tokmak, 
Local residents claim that the ongoing so-called temporary resettlements are hiding Russian troop movements, with arriving evacuation buses bringing Russian forces into the area. There continues to be no update on the status of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. Our team of journalists, researchers, and analysts is funded by readers, listeners, and viewers just like you. To support independent journalism, please consider becoming a patron. You can find us on patreon.com at Malcontent News. In the Black Sea, Crimea, Mykolaiv, and Odessa region, Operational Command South, or OKS, reported that the Black Sea Fleet has 17 vessels on patrol, including four frigates capable of launching 32-caliber cruise missiles in total. Russian Bearnet was active with coded transmission and reports of three to seven Tu-22M3 strategic bombers activated, and up to eight Kh-22 cruise missiles were fired from just off the coast of Crimea. The Kh-22 can be intercepted during its transit phase, but can only be intercepted by the Patriot missile system during its ballistic phase, which it enters as it reaches its target. Local officials reported that a resort hotel in Zatoka and a warehouse for a food processing company were destroyed in the attacks, but there were no injuries. There were unconfirmed reports that the Zatoka bridge was hit for at least the seventh time since April 2022. Fun fact, the bridge was disabled in May 2022 and declared irreparable in August 2022. Not entirely sure what they're still after here. In western and central Ukraine, the Russian objective is to launch terror attacks on civilians and civilian infrastructure to break morale. The Ukrainian objective is to deter attacks and protect civilian lives. Russian forces carried out 42 fire missions in the region, firing 282 artillery rounds, mortars, grad rockets, indirect tank fire, and drone-delivered IEDs. The city of Kherson was attacked seven times with 19 artillery shells, injuring two people. Kisomis, a village on the west bank of the Dnipro River, was hit by five Fab 500 SEUMPK bombs, destroying multiple homes. However, there were no reported injuries. In north and northeast Ukraine, the Russian objective is to lock Ukrainian military resources in place and launch terror attacks on civilians in an attempt to break morale. The Ukrainian objective is to complete the liberation of the Kharkiv Oblast, maintain the integrity of the international border, deter attacks, and protect civilian lives. The Kyiv region was targeted by a significant number of Iranian-sourced Shahed-136 Kamikaze drones, with debris from anti-aircraft munitions and destroyed drones landing in ten different locations in the city, wounding five. As with most of the photos and videos we reference here on the podcast, we do link to it in our full situation report on Patreon. In the Sumy Oblast, 106 artillery shells and mortars struck 16 border villages on May 7th. The Hromala of Bilopilia was hit by 16 mortars and 5 artillery shells, destroying a house. Seredina Buda was hit by 15 artillery shells, damaging two apartments and a warehouse. And the village of Snobnovhorodske in the Snobnovhorod Hromada was hit by 17 artillery shells, damaging three houses and power lines.
On the Russian front, closed-circuit television, or CCTV, captured the moment Shibikino was shelled, sending shoppers in a store scrambling for cover from the force of a nearby artillery strike. A building near the shopping district, which was already damaged in a previous attack, was the target. There were reports of up to five explosions in Rastavandan, with local officials claiming it was air defense which shot down a Ukrainian drone. Five times, I guess. Let's talk about developments theater-wide and outside Ukraine. 35 Iranian-sourced Shahed-136 kamikaze drones were launched at Ukraine as part of an overnight attack, with the Air Force reporting all were shot down. Ukrainian officials only reported that, quote, some of the KH-22 cruise missiles fired by Tu-22 M3 bombers did not reach their targets, adding that additional information would be shared after. On May 5th, a Polish turbojet L-410 surveillance aircraft flying over the Black Sea near the Romanian border was intercepted by a Russian Su-35 multi-role fighter plane, making three passes across its path, the closest only five meters away, causing the pilots to lose control due to the jet wash almost crashing. Quick sidebar. While jet wash sounds like a dish detergent, it is in fact the turbulence that develops behind an aircraft in flight. Romania's Ministry of Defense condemned the incident, calling Russia's actions, quote, aggressive and dangerous, and aircraft with the Romanian and Spanish air forces stationed in Romania were placed on alert during the incident, but were not deployed. Ukraine deployed the first three of 16 RADA radar systems that Israel is providing. The RADA was modified and tested to support Ukraine's specific needs and is used to detect Russian rockets and missiles. Turkey refused a United States request to transfer S-400 anti-aircraft systems to Ukraine, according to Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlut Cavusoglu. The list of visually confirmed Russian and Ukrainian heavy equipment losses from the Oryx database has been updated through May 7, 2023. Speaking of heavy losses, let's talk about the Russian military mobilization and Mir. In the Yekaterinburg region of Russia, two men attempted to set the military commissariat building on fire in the Kirovsky district, They were stopped by police and turned over to the Russian Federal Security Service, or FSB. Former Russian State Duma deputy and current author and mill blogger Zakhar Prilipin was severely injured after a car bomb exploded, killing his driver. He is in critical condition, but no longer in a medically induced coma. The Ukrainian Tatar insurgent organization Atesh claimed responsibility for the assassination attempt, stating, quote, The Atesh movement has been hunting for Prilepin since the beginning of the war. Our predictions always come true, because we not only speak, but also do. End quote. So, rewind a little. On January 28, 2023, Atesh announced on their Telegram channel, quote, Order for Prilepin issued. Zakhar Prilepin, former deputy of the State Duma of the Russian Federation, chauvinist and misanthrope. Zakhar, we are following you. Good night. End quote. Despite the claim of responsibility by Atesh, Russian authorities have arrested a 29-year-old Russian national who was born in Ukraine, 
claiming they are responsible and the assassination attempt was backed by Ukraine and the United States. Lira Gonzalo, a Chilean national better known as Coach Red Pill, was arrested in Kharkiv by the Security Service of Ukraine, or SBU, and accused of collaboration with Russia for spreading disinformation and pro-Russian material. Ukrainian officials claim they had repeatedly warned Gonzalo, who has over 300,000 followers on YouTube and 150,000 on Telegram, that he would face criminal prosecution. Sarah Beals, better known as the Donbass Devushka, under criminal investigation in the United States by NCIS and the Department of Justice, dismissed Gonzalo as a propagandist under the control of Ukraine and the United States because he was living, quote, in the land of Nazis, end quote. Russian propagandist Alexander Kotz dismissed claims by Prigozhin that PMC Wagner is suffering from ammunition shortages, saying, quote, You travel along the front and you get the feeling that there are not enough shells for everyone now. Either they are being saved up for the onset of the Ukrainian, or for some other reason they are being held back. The economic commander, of course, has his own stash, but that's for emergencies. At the same time, only the musicians have such an active promotion, the inertia of which must be supported by the necessary amount of work of artillery and aviation. And not to say that this support is not provided, but not in volumes that could reduce losses. End quote. Kotz, who sits on a Russian presidential commission that was meant to serve as a liaison between frontline troops and the Russian MOD to assure complaints are heard and addressed, made a subtle jab at the Kremlin over the inertia on the front, saying, quote, Just remember the words of the president. He means Putin. It is necessary to remove, I want to emphasize this, any interdepartmental contradictions, formalities, insults, omissions, other nonsense. Everything for the cause, everything for the result. Everything should be aimed at this. End quote. On May 5th, Russian State Duma Deputy Viktor Sobolyev dismissed PMC Wagner leader Prigozhin's announcement of withdrawing from Bakhmut and called for nationalizing the PMC, blaming Wagner's leadership, saying, quote, there will be no problems with supplies, end quote. Despite Russian claims that hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians have willingly received passports and citizenship to the Russian Federation, the Kremlin's own data doesn't back it up. In the first quarter of 2023, 102,978 people became naturalized citizens of the Russian Federation, including over 22,000 Ukrainians. Totally unexpectedly and absolutely to the surprise of everyone, Kremlin Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov reported that Russian President Vladimir Putin's schedule is simply too busy to attend the May 9th Victory Day Parade in Red Square in person, and he will attend via video link. And that's what we know. Join me again tomorrow for more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.